Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks. Hope you're having a fantastic week. We're, we're trying not to uh, build an ark and board the animals two by two, but we have been inundated with rain. Uh, the good Lord has blessed us and uh, one might say over blessed us. So we're like, you know, we hold off just a little bit. We don't have to want to construct an ark. But you know what? Here in about two months, we'll be begging for the rain when it's 110 out uh, in the shade because that's what happens in Texas in the summertime. You are listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. This is a live show. We'd love for you to be a part of the live show at any time. You can call in at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. We do get quite a few uh, emails during the show. If you go to my site, informationedge.net, you'll find phone numbers. You'll find my email, which is darren at darrenyancey.com. Uh, as far as on social media, at DGYancey65, both for Gab, Parler, and Twitter. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Darren Yancey, and of course on Facebook at The Information Edge. What I want to talk about today is what we call the building blocks of politics, because I've had a lot of correspondence, both on social media and emails of, okay, you know, I'm in my local party. Uh, I'm, I, I'm doing what I, what I can there, but I want to do more. How do I do more? I, I, I don't want to run for state rep. I don't want to run for a U.S. rep. I, I can't do that. That's more than I can do, but I could do more locally. How do I do that? What's involved? What's going through? And we're going to cover that today. But before I do, I want to point out a few things that have been happening because of you. Some positive things that happen when you, the informed voter, the informed electorate, find out what's going on and make a difference. Let's talk about uh, one of the bills that you, you, you heard me shred, HR1, which was they called for the People's Act, which I called the Swamp Rat Act, uh, became SB1. That bill is, for all practical purposes, dead. Okay. Uh, Joe Manchin came out, said he was not going to support the filibuster. And uh, that effectively, and he said he, you know, realistically wasn't going to vote for SB1 in its current version. So that's killed that bill. You did that. Last week, we talked about that bill being in committee. You contacted people, you made it happen. So that's really something that you need to go, hey, that's great. Now, there's a counterbalance to that. Um, the week before that, uh, Joe Biden had put out an executive order that kind of puts some things into place, like for the PRO Act, which is part of infrastructure. Why? Because he saw that was not going to pass legislation. Why was it not going to pass legislation? The votes aren't there because you got involved. Okay. Now, executive orders, yeah, we got to deal with them, but you know what? That's probably going to be thrown over in the courts. Another one is on gun rights. Okay. Um, a lot of people got distressed when he issued the executive order on gun rights. If you will remember correctly, there's a bill called HR 127. We shredded it a couple of months back. Uh, that one got out of the House, not going to get out of the Senate. So what happened? He did an executive order on it. So you might go, well, did we win? Yes, you did. It didn't become legislation. Executive orders, folks, don't override the Constitution. 
the executive order that Joe uh, Biden has issued out in terms of what he wants to out for gun control, he has no constitutional authority on that, and it will go down. I think the same thing on the rollout of the PRO Act, because the, the reality is, while Congress has control over the, what's called the Commerce Clause, which is interstate commerce, they do not have control over intrastate commerce or within your state. In other words, they can't tell a state that you must or must not have unions. And that's exactly what the PRO Act is designed to do. So those are victories. Yes, we've got some additional things to do, but that's what happened because of you. And you should take some time and pat yourself on the back. Go ahead, get back there and pat it a little bit. It feels pretty good. Now we'll tell you there's some things coming down in response to HR1 and SB1 not coming out. They're going to kind of break it up. Okay, Uh, you're going to see what's called the John Lewis Act. I don't have the full details on it. Um, Mr. Manchin has said he's going to he wants to make it apply in all 50 states. I got to get into it. Uh, There's supposed to be a version of the James Clyburn bill coming to the House titled the Voter Empowerment Act of 2021. It'll probably be a watered version of H.R. 1. I have not had a chance to review it. I can tell you that Joe Manchin and uh, Miss Murkowski came out yesterday and said, well, we must reinstate the Voter Rights Act of 2001, whatever date it was. Well, folks, we, we have voter rights. Uh, but if it's anything that takes away state authority, that is against the Constitution. That requires a constitutional amendment. And the reality is they can say it doesn't all day long, but it does if they try to pass something that violates the Constitution. It is not actual law. Remember that. So some good things that you, the informed electorate, had a hand in doing, and you should take some credit for that and feel good in that respect. Now, I want to get into uh, what the topics today, which are going to be talking about local, how we do the local thing in terms of politicians going through. And I'm going to break it out in what we call the building blocks. And when I say the building blocks, we're talking about uh, the entities on your city level, on your school board level, on your county level, and then we're going to get a little bit on the state level. Not a lot because uh, a lot of people get they get intimidated when you start talking state. So let's focus on what you could do locally, how you would do it, what you can expect. Is there compensation? Is it all volunteer? Because these are important things. If you're having to do certain things in terms of, for example, uh, maybe you're cutting back a, a, a job because you want to become more involved in politics. Well, you'd like to know, is this something I'm getting paid to do if I run for this position? That may be an influencing or a deciding factor. Uh, or you may simply be at a point in your life where maybe you've retired, you've had some things scale back, and you had some additional time. I spent five years serving the Johnson County Emergency Services District, enjoyed it thoroughly, was 100% volunteer. Uh, I was on that board. We did a lot of great things. I spent nearly three years on the Brazos River Authority Board, um, kind of more participated, but it, well, there's a lot of great things that that stuff does. So there's things that you can do. And what I want to do is give you kind of the blueprint of how it works. So let's talk about cities, how are cities run. Okay. Everybody hears about the mayor of a city, but does the mayor always run a city? And the answer is not necessarily. A lot of the city council mayor conglomerates that you see are really actually run by city managers, okay? And a city manager is someone that is hired via your city council. Your mayor, for example, is elected by the people. Now, the mayor, if there is no city manager, they have those executive powers. If there is a city manager, they may have limited executive power. So, it depends on that city's charter. The actual vested power falls within your city council, 
Okay. So your city council is going to be the one that's going to set up the committees for your zoning. Uh, and what's what you might say, well, what does zoning have to do with it? Well, if you live in a bedroom community and you moved out there and for example, you don't want multifamily or you don't want certain commercial around there, zoning's real important to you. Um, so it's, you want to keep up with what's going on, but the city councils, uh, they're elected by the people and they're, if, if you've got a city manager style of government, which for example, in my city, Burleson, we do, they're going to be the ones that's going to hire them. They're going to be the one that's going to interview them and they're going to make that expenditure. So that's a very powerful position, not only the city manager to run it, but it's not elected directly. Your city council does it. So if you don't, for example, if you live in a city and a lot of these cities managers are there, and they're very well compensated. You can look up, find out what's are compensated, and you don't like that city manager, okay? It's up to your city council to fire them. Well, if your city council isn't doing what you want, how do you impact that? Well, that's an elected position. Normally, those are going to be, they're going to be staggered elections. You're normally going to see uh, some, I've seen elections every year. Some I see elections every two year. A lot of times they're done in May. For example, we just came out of that season. Although recently, uh, two years ago, there was legislation. And I'm again, I'm talking Texas right now. Your state can differ. Uh, that changed that where there's a lot of, of what we call a uniform election dates now, where Texas is trying to get where we have one uniform election date in November with the uh, anything that can impact, for example, bonds, things of that nature. But there's still a few things that are going in the May election that I think eventually we'll get to where it's all a November election. Now, the chance that you are, uh, you want to find out, is this paid? Uh, is this all volunteer? What you have to do is go to your city and do a little research, do some inquiry, find out, hey, you know, is this something that I've got? Uh, if I if I run for this, is it a paid position or is this all volunteer? Uh, in Texas, for example, they're required to pay city, city council members at least $746 a month. That's regulated by state law. And you might go, nobody can live on that. Um, so a lot of our local and municipality positions that we have in Texas have a volunteer or a quasi-volunteer uh, situation to them. That's going to vary state by state, okay? But where does your city come in? What's important about your city, okay, and your city council? Well, number one, uh, again, we talk about ordinances. We They're also the ones through your mayor that can put out a local restriction where you have to wear masks or where you have to close your businesses, Everybody knows about that right now because we're coming out of COVID. In the state of Texas, none of these authorities had the authority to close down vis-a-vis -vis COVID or issue mask orders. None of it was granted under the Texas Constitution in terms of emergency powers. So they violated the powers. What we're seeing in Texas right now and other states across the nation is a take back of some of these powers. But that's where that's happening. Okay. Another important one is your police funding. What are we hearing about right now? Defund the police, defund the police. Well, you're not hearing it everywhere. But your city council, if you listen to these areas that want to defund police, who's doing it? The city councils, okay? They're the ones that allocate and reallocate and move around and do the shell game on all of the dominoes of the budget. So that's where you go to. Your city attorneys. Now, city attorneys, they can be elected. They can be appointed, Okay. Elections are normally in the spring for them. And if you get a big enough city, you have not just a city attorney, you have a district attorney. Okay. And these are, again, these are paid positions. This is your, these are your budget. So if you're an attorney that wants to get into politics, that's really what a city attorney is. It's a political one. Uh, that's the way to go. So this is an area to start. If you live in a city and you say, I want to be more involved. I want to know what's going on. 
then you can do that by getting elected to your city council. Find out when uh, the dates are. Again, these are normally staggered terms. They don't want everybody turning over at once. So you're either going to have an annual election or a semi-annual election. You can get involved. You can find out if it's paid. You can find out if it's volunteer. And you can find out how you can work in your time to make an effort. Because, folks, right now, where we're getting our fannies handed to us, it's not at the state level. It's really not at the federal level, although we've elected some weak people we got to replace. It's at the local level. Right now, city councils. School boards, counties, these are areas that impact how a state acts in those state elections, in those federal elections. So if you want to change things, you heard the old saying, all politics is local. Well, it really is. So when you get involved in it, you can make a difference. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. You can give us a call at 866-472-5788. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Um, finishing up on the city, and uh, just to let you know, there's not a lot of difference in cities regardless of state. They're either going to be mayor, council, uh, or a commission instead of the council, 
the manager stop council. So it, there's not a whole lot of difference between states there. The next area we're going to get into, there gets into quite a bit. And I'm going to compare and contrast in this particular segment, the state of Texas, which is where I reside, versus the state of California, because they have some, some pretty dramatic differences. Now, you might go, well, what does county have to do with it? I don't really think about it. Well, if you stop and examine what's happened in the last year, and again, I'm going to use COVID as a specific example, you had many judges, especially in my state and other states that were doing what's called county orders, which if, for example, if a city, let's say a city mayor uh, said, you know, I don't want to put uh, a restriction on, I don't want to do this, don't want to do that. Well, the county could have done things that would override them. In our case, we have what's called a county judge. Now, our county judges are elected and they're not, but they're not really a judge. Okay. They're not sitting in front. Uh, what they are is they kind of head up a council in Texas of what we call commissioners. Okay. We have four county commissioners per county. And what the judge does, he kind of heads up this county commission and they're basically an administrative body. Okay. But as an administrative body, he has the right to do certain orders. What they didn't have a right to do was declare emergency orders where people had to wear masks or we had to shut down their businesses. But I'll be damned if, if a bunch of them didn't do it, including the one that's in my county, and he's probably going to be voted out this next term. So in Texas, that's where another layer of administrative authority falls into his county. They're elected. Who else is elected? County commissioners. What does a county commissioner do? Now, you might go, gosh, that sounds like a real convoluted name. And they've got a lot of duties. Their biggest one is they're in charge of all of the road and bridge maintenance in a specific county that falls out of a city's jurisdiction. In other words, city lines ends here. Uh, before we get to another county's exit, have what they call um, county or extraterritorial jurisdictions. That's what those county commissioners come in. And what they do is they they're spending road and bridge money and all that, but they get into a lot of other administrative duties. And so our commissioners and our county judge work together. Well, they're all elected. Okay. But they have a lot of power in that. You know, if you're not doing your road and bridge maintenance for a certain segment of your county, but you're keeping another segment just absolutely pristine, there's usually politics involved. So if you're driving through a county and there's potholes everywhere, somewhere these people don't get along with their county commissioner. And that's something you can impact. Now, county commissioners and county judges in my state have four-year terms. So once they're in there, they're kind of like a tick. They're hard to get out. We also have what's known as county attorneys. Similar jurisdiction as the county commissioner. Uh, they'll handle things that are not to the state level, but not in the city level as well. Your sheriff, okay? Your sheriff, by the way, is your chief law enforcement officer in the county over the police, your sheriff is your chief. That's something people don't understand. He's the chief law enforcement officer, and that is a county elected position. Here's some other things that are county elected in the state of Texas. J other judges, okay? What's called, uh, in addition to the county judges, you have additional judges at different levels. They're not, they're, they're, they're the original jurisdiction levels. They're not appellate. They're not Supreme Court. They're original, and they're all elected. Very important. Your judges being elected, that means the people have an impact to go through. Another area that is elected locally in Texas is a tax assessor. Do you know who your tax assessor is? You should. You elect them in the state of Texas. Now, what you have there is that the tax assessor is one that collects it. Where most people have a problem with is the not the tax assessor, 
but the actual appraisal district, which by the way, that's an appointed board. Oh yeah. What's the difference between an elected position and an appointed one? I'll tell you, having the campaign. On elected one, you've got to go out, you've got to get campaign, you've got to get people to vote for you. Okay. It takes time, it's gonna take some money, it's gonna take some effort. An appointed position is one where, for example, someone above the position that is being appointed to has jurisdictional authority to say, boom, you're there. For example, I was appointed to the Johnson County Emergency Services District by my particular county commissioner. He had appointment authority to put me in that position and I was appointed and went in. I didn't have to campaign for it, uh, went through. When I was serving on the board of directors for the Brazos River Authority, I was appointed by the governor of the state of Texas, okay? So there's a lot of positions that are done in government that are done vis-a-vis appointment. Now, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with being an appointed position? And the answer is no, okay? Um, You can't have everything on election basis because a lot of these positions don't pay anything. Uh, I didn't get a dime uh, when I worked for or volunteered for the uh, Johnson County ASD. I didn't get it. Well, I got a little bit of compensation for going, I think, $150 for the time that I put in each meeting each month for the Brazos River Authority. These are not career financial positions you want, but if your goal is to serve and improve your city, your county, your state, then that doesn't need to be an issue. If you've got ways to compensate and volunteer time, um, then that's where you go through. But any of these other positions, you got to watch out. So people go, I'm, I'm always mad at my, my appraisal district. How do I go through? Well, your appraisal district is an appointed position. Find out who appoints them. And that's the position that you need to be sure that you're electing. The other, of course, is your school board. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to give you some compare and contrastments to the state of California. Um, I'm, now I'm quoting from a site called counties.org forward slash county structure. This is a California State Association of Counties. California does it a little bit different in terms of their basic structure of government. Uh, It's first off, they've got a code, government code, just like Texas does. But their county is their largest political subdivision of their state with corporate powers, meaning it's actually larger than their cities. That's a very important thing because that means they've got they're, they're basically authorized by their legislature, just as we have here in Texas. But what they do is they break it down. They've got a uh, different structure, board of supervisors. They have an administrative board. They have an agriculture board within their county. Uh, they have their tax assessor. They have their auditor controller that works for their counties. Child support services, obviously county clerks, which, by the way, we have in Texas. County council, which we call our county attorney. Their district attorneys, which are normally done in cities, they have one for their counties. Interesting. Environmental health, health services, information technology, personnel planning, probation, public defender, public guardian, public works, the sheriff. And there's another page. I haven't even got to the second page. Okay. So California's got social services. They do have tax collector like us, weights and measures. Now, I've only hit a few things. We're going to have more things in common with them, not, but here's the key difference. What California has in uh, where we've got volunteers at certain levels, most of what California has is paid positions and their budgetary payments are higher. So what does that mean to you? If you're living in California, you're paying for a lot of County infrastructure that maybe you need, maybe you don't. A lot of things that I just read off, are done on a city level. Do you need that in every county? 
or could that be done on a state level? I think that, you know, that's, there's something that every state has to look at, but that's a whole lot of stuff. Now, some of theirs are elected. Some of theirs are appointed. They've got a lot of appointed positions uh, when they get into uh, their positions on the county level in the state of California, where we've got more elected positions. So what does that mean? Usually those are going to be, um, if they're not appointed, for example, by a, a, a larger commissioner, that may be a, a governor appointment or what we call a gubernatorial appointment. Now, yes, the word's gubernatorial. So when you have your governor that comes in, okay, governors, they, that's your chief executive officer. They have a, a broad executive powers, and part of that is appointing people. So if you have a governor that's come in, we'll go look at Gavin Newsom, for example, who's currently being challenged for recall. Uh, when he came in, he appointed a whole lot of folks in positions that reflected his political background. Now, same thing with now those and those are paid positions, by the way. So those are people getting paid that reflect that same political stance in the state of Texas. More of the gubernatorial positions that we have here are volunteer. So you're still having a layer of administrative that goes through that's not elective, but it's not hitting the bottom line. Now, here's a question, and it's a valid question. Which is more impactive? Which is more effective? And here's what I would say to that answer, because I can see both sides of the argument. One part could say, hey, if I want more effective government and I want the best government out there, I want someone that's in there full time and I want them paid and I want them working on this, you know, 40 plus hours a week. And you know what? There's actually an argument for that. Here's the problem. Look at bureaucracy, look at state budget and look at debt on the states that pay virtually every government position. When you have those, you normally have a bureaucracy that takes longer to get things done. You've got, a, a much higher operating budget, which requires what? Requires either more property taxes, if you've got property taxes in your state, and or sales taxes, and or an income tax. And last time I checked, California's got all three. In Texas, we currently do not have an income tax. And there's a lot of people talking about eliminating property tax, which means we would have to rely on a sales tax, which you know what? I wouldn't have a problem with. Now, in Texas, because we do have a significant number of people in a number of uh, areas of government that are appointed, we don't have the budget, we don't have a lot of the red tape, and we don't have the debt. Now, does that mean every division we have doesn't have paid personnel? No. You might have someone that heads up a department, and then you have a lot of the commissioners that are, are volunteer. Is our system more effective in Texas and California? Depends on your point of perspective. There are things that we do in Texas I think we're very responsive on, but in the last few years, I think we've taken out a little more debt than we probably should have. Um, so you could argue either one, but how do you get involved in those positions? That's the real key thing. You've got to find out if it's elected and some of these positions are elected, a lot of them are appointed. So if they're appointed, it's a little more difficult because that is more of a, you kind of got to know to get in the door, um, and that's usually is political party driven. So if, for example, if you're in California, if you're not in the Democratic Party, uh, if you're in the Republican Party, you're probably going to have a difficult time getting appointed. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We're on the Voice America Radio Network. 
and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. I'm Darren Yancey, and we're talking about the building blocks of politics today. Um, And we're talking about the local level, your cities, your counties, your school boards. Because a lot of folks focus on, well, state reps or state senators, and those are important. Uh, The federal level, that's all that's important. But right now, you've got an inundation at the local level of folks that really don't have America first. And it's making changes because one day when you wake up and you have a mayor that can make a declaration to force you to wear a mask or to shut down your business and there's no emergency powers for them, well, did you have the right person? How did they get there in the first place? Did they have your best interest? If you got a county judge that wants to come out and, sh- and because maybe a, there was a mayor that didn't want to do that, and that county judge uh, was of a different political affiliation said, no, I'm going to shut you down because you're not essential. And who determines what's essential? And I want you wearing masks, even though, you know, we really can't see a reason why to mer- wear them, oh, eight, nine months later. These are positions that you need to know how to impact. Can you replace them? Can you run for election? If you can't, do you know when to go to elect? These are important positions because right now, I think anybody that's, that's got a red blood cell of patriotism in them, 
knows that America is under attack and we're under attack from within. This isn't Russia or China that is trying to attack us. These are what I would consider communists that have come up in the last generation that believe that for some reason we need to throw out capitalism. We need to throw out all the great things that's made America great and go to systems that have proven failures on cataclysmic levels in this country. And we're seeing it from a groundswell coming up. Okay, district attorneys, city city uh, council members, uh, or city attorneys that won't prosecute people because they committed a political crime that they had empathy for. That make you mad? You want to change it? Get involved. Know when to vote. Run for position. Seek appointment. Find out who goes to get the appointment positions. One of the most probably contested areas that I think make people's blood boil are school boards. Okay. School boards, um, I, in, I don't know in your state, but I can tell you in my state, uh, they are the biggest tax burden on my tax bill. Your school boards can impact city and county residents if a county resident is in what's known as an extraterritorial jurisdiction and they got to go to a school inside the city, they're going to get impacted by that school board. Okay. Now, your school boards, depending on your state, they can be paid or they can be volunteer. Um, to my best of my authority, I believe everything is elected. I can tell you in Texas, and I believe all other states are elected. Now, I'm going to give you a, a site that you can go to. It's called theclassroom.com, and you could pull up a lot of stuff on various things when it relates to school boards as well as to state board of educations. The, Cal- the state of California, for example, uh, their state law allows school board members to earn monthly salaries. We don't have that in Texas. Now, they have a cap based on how many students are in a particular district, what the average daily attendance is. Uh, there's a certain minimum. But So, for example, they could, in certain districts, make $2,000 a month. Now, you might go, well, that's not a lot of money. Well, it depends. You know, if you're talking about a school district with, say, 400000 or more, and it's not difficult to get to that in a large city, $24,000 over eight possible body members or nine body members, whatever it is per state, that's a lot of overhead, okay? In Texas, we make it a volunteer position. So I'm just giving you some compare and contrast. Now, if someone lives in California and they feel that uh, their state's doing a much better job on educating, call us 866-472-5788. Now, what do the school boards impact outside of your taxes, outside of expense, Well, see, we have a problem in Texas with, um, shall we say, priorities and structure. Texas is a football state, always has been. Not sure it always will be, but right now it still is. And we have some of the most beautiful high school football stadiums in the nation. And that means we had money spent that should have went to schools and teachers and other stuff. That's a problem we have in my state. It's, we're not alone with it, but it's something that we've got to go through. So that's a problem that can come through. The other is curriculum. Now, one of the things that you hear a lot about right now is this thing that's going around called critical race theory and being taught at the school level. And uh, now the feds are weighing in and say, well, we want the Department of Education uh, wants everybody teaching critical race theory, which, by the way, they have no constitutional authority. But they're going to say, well, if you want certain monies from the DOE, uh, you better be teaching or you're not going to get it. So depending on your state, depending on whether they want to uh, bow 
at the federal uh, overlords and say, oh, you will teach it. Um, that's a problem. But you need to know it's out there. But your school boards are the ones that are going to put it out there. Now, in my state, I will tell you something that COVID did that needed to happen. And I think it's happened in a lot of states when schools shut down because, hey, we don't want everybody having a super spreader event. OK. And that was in the early stages when we really didn't know what we had. I think anybody that thinks going back to school right now uh, is a super spreader event for kids unless they have uh, some type of health risk. You're a moron. Uh, prove me wrong. Give me a call. I, I don't care. You're a moron if you believe that problem right now. In Texas, we've got everybody back at school. We're doing fine. But there's a lot of states that are shut down still. Teachers with unions, they don't want to go back. Oh, we're going to die. We just, oh, blah, 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 just vomit at the mouth. Okay. Or we want to teach critical race theory. Well, here's what happened in this past year. We saw as parents taking in our kids just how crappy the curriculum has become in America, the teaching of anti-American positions. Now, whether you called it critical race theory, they didn't call it that at the time naturally coming out. But let's be honest, they've been criticizing the United States for being, well, we were systemic racist. That's a bunch of garbage. That doesn't mean we haven't had racial problems. That doesn't mean we have a history that everything we should be proud of. But the great thing about a free republic is you learn from it. But they're wanting to rewrite it. Well, where does that re where, where does that rewrite occur at the school level? Okay, your school boards are going through and they're taking that. So this past year, as bad as it was for COVID, we may come out of this a better country in the end because we, we've had the we've had the blindness taken from our eyes. We've seen what's being taught. We've been able to to listen in via Zoom meetings of what these liberal teachers have been filling our, our children with. Ladies and gentlemen, our country 20, 25 years ago wasn't like this. This has changed in the last generation. Why? Because it's been taught. It's been taught at the school level. It's passed up through the city level. It's gotten into our Canada way before it got to the state and the federal. Focus on the problems of COVID and you go back to the root source. It's not a federal problem. It's not a state problem for the most part. It is a local problem. It's local politics. They're the ones imposing this stuff. They're the ones that are coming out. If you don't want sex education taught to your second grader, that's where you got to go. If you don't want transgenderism to be taught at the elementary school level. And by the way, I don't want to hear from anybody that is transgender. I'm not anti-transgender or homophobe or anything else, but here are the facts. I don't think elementary school, or for that matter, I don't think that that agenda should be part of school curriculum until they reach an age 16, 17, where they actually have some sense about their bodies. Let a kid be a kid. My taxes are not going to pay for it. How many of you out there want to say the same thing or have said the same thing? And you're going, what do we do? It's the school boards, ladies and gentlemen. You have to get involved in your school boards. Now, in Texas, we have school board uh, elections every two years. And again, they're staggered. X number of school board members, you replace two every two years. Okay. These are volunteer positions. Not going to pay anything. But the benefit of being involved, whoo. <laughs> if you're not involved, the cost is steep. This is where you go. Find out. Now, for example, um, 
when you get into elect, but these are all, I've not seen any state where it's appointed. So they're all elected. So that means you're going to have to campaign. But who are you campaigning with? Your friends and neighbors, the people that live in your area that share thoughts and feelings and concerns with you. If you really want to get involved, it's not that difficult. And I will tell you right now, our school boards, they are putting out things right now that have some of the most impactive effects of our youth. It started 20 years ago, and we're seeing it today. We were blind while it was happening. We're not blind anymore. Most of you by now have probably heard what happened in South Lake, Texas, uh, here a few weeks back, where the school board was going to do critical race theory as part of the curriculum. Uh, parents attended that meeting and, for a bad, lack of a better word, fired the school board. They found the proper uh, way that they could do it within the proper filings of the law. They got rid of that school board. They voted in a new school board. And guess what that school board did? They didn't do critical race theory. And it has lit up sparks all across the nation. People are going, wait a second. You mean I can actually be a part of something? I can make a difference as whether my kid actually gets taught something versus to hate the country I love? Absolutely you can. You can do it. Your friends can do it. Your neighbors can do it. You have a responsibility to know what the kids are being, being taught. This is something we've started to have a problem with the last couple of years here in Burleson. Uh, we're getting back around to it, but I'm telling you right now, it's something you need to know what's going on. Be a part of your school board. If you, you know, if you can't do it, find someone in your family. But this is something you have to be involved with. Our, our generation of kids right now, we've got some challenges. I, 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 have, I know that they will mature at some point, but we've got to be sure that the next generation that comes out, we don't have the same problems. It is not too late. We've got to get back to being America first on all levels. Does your kid know the Star Spangled Banner? Do they know your state song? Do they know the patriotic songs that we all grew up with? You'd be surprised how many don't. And that is a disturbing element right there, is we've got to get back to teaching America first. We're not perfect, but we got to put it first. We've got to put its people first. All right, folks, we're coming up on another hard break here. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey on the Voice of America Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. We are talking about the building blocks of politics. This is an area where, frankly, we have had our collective fannies handed to us. Um, I would say probably for at least the last 10 years, maybe longer. Uh, I, I think it just took a while for the results to go through and stop and look at it. This last year, COVID has been a Petri dish of what happens when you are not paying attention and not participating in local. Let's break it down. If you want to get rid of police funding, what level is that done on the city level? What are we seeing in liberal cities that are run by liberal city councils. They're wanting to fund, defund their police. They don't care. They don't care if crime goes up. They don't care if you get killed because they've got an agenda to change America. What I'm telling you is those of you that live in these areas where you've got crazy city council members, get them out. Put yourself in or get some other folks in. I've given you some compare and some contrast there. Let's talk about your county level again. That's where your judges are. They can actually also issue orders over the mayors to do masks and shutdowns if they've got authority by their state constitution. What did we have in COVID? A lot of those areas that didn't have it, violated it. You got to take back those rights. Commissioners, county attorneys, sheriff, other judges, these are areas you've really got to know what's going on. Uh, there's, there's a lot of difference between appointed and elected, and there's a lot of difference between volunteer and paid. We've already talked about that. Now, school boards, we just went through. This is going to be the biggest rash on your behind, okay? This is where you're going through your tax burden. If you're paying property taxes, most of us are. You look at the, the, the line down there for property taxes, that's going to be the biggest area, okay? That's being paid by us to be sure that they're teaching us teaching our kids what we feel is the proper curriculum. But guess what? When they're saying that America is racist and it has systemic race issues, where did that come from? It came from school, okay? When you're taught to be ashamed of being white, that came from school. Did you approve that curriculum? Guess what? 
you can make a difference if you've got one. I gave an example in the last segment of what happened in Colleyville, Texas. Uh, we're starting to see examples of it all over America. The recent, most recent I saw was up in Virginia where you had members of the community that had kind of changed overnight in terms of the council leadership wanting to, not only were they wanting to teach critical race theory, some of the, the, the curriculum they had in the, in the reading was basically pornography. It wasn't classical uh, things. It wasn't educational. It was pretty much pornography. We've got to watch what's happening with our kids because they are the future of the country. We've kind of been asleep at the wheel, but you know what? It can be corrected because the great thing is with people being home this last year and getting a chance to be with their kids, (laughs) there's a lot of parents going, whoa, I don't know what you were taught, but this is how it is. And these are the things we've gone through. We've been given a new leash on education. We have to take it. Now, I know I said I wasn't really going to spend any time on the state level, but we're going to hit it in the few minutes that we have left. Uh, And I am going to compare and contrast one more time between Texas and California. And that's the state boards of education. Now, what do the state boards of education do? Well, they're the policy arms. Okay. Uh, For example, in Texas, they set curriculum standards. They review and adopt instructional materials. Ooh, you might go, well, what does that mean? Uh, Book sales, computers, uh, deals are made. Uh, They establish graduation requirements. They oversee permanent funds for different projects. They appoint board members for different special school districts. They provide final review of proposed by the State Board of Education Certificates. In other words, you want to get a teaching certificate. They, they do a lot of stuff. California has a lot of same things. Now, here's kind of the difference. In Texas, we have 15 members that are elected in districts for four-year terms. Now, they are paid a salary, but they're elected. California, they have 11 members appointed by the governor. Now, let that sit in for a second. We've got districts, and I believe in the state of Texas, we actually have 18 different districts on the State Board of Education. And the members are, are, are elected from that. So if they're elected from that, that means uh, you're going to have some Democrat influence, you're going to have some Republican influence, you're going to have some moderate influence. In other words, you're going to have a lot of different influence because your constituents are voting for those. We think that's a little more balanced. That doesn't mean our State Board of Education is perfect, okay? Critical race theory uh, that's come up through some of these school boards, that was allowed by the State Board of Education. Now, they're getting a lot of pushback to come down on it, and they're starting to. But if you look at California, those 11 members of their State Board of Education are being appointed by the governor. There's no question what the influence is going to be right there. So the question is, which is the better form for you? And these are things that you need to know. Now, those 11 members that are appointed, um, I promise you, that's not going to be something you're just going to walk into and, and get in the state of California. If you want, if you say, hey, I, want, I, I believe I'd like to change the views of what's being taught in. I want to get appointed on my state board of education. Well, unless you're in with the Gavin Newsom crowd, that's not going to happen. It's just not. Anything that is appointed by a governor, you, you look, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a little political pull in some areas that I said, yeah, I'm willing to be. They knew my history. That's how I got to be a member on the Brazos River Authority. Not that if they had called me up one day, say, hey, we'd like someone to do this. Would you volunteer? I just said, absolutely. But I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I didn't know people in places to get me in on that position. I did. Same thing there for California. 
So there's a political slant to that. Now, you might say, okay, should there be a political slant in politics? I think if you're conservative, you're probably going to say yes. If you're a liberal, you're going to say, I want my liberal views in there. I think there needs to be a balance, okay? And I think we need to teach facts. There's a real important one. And I think we need to talk about what the greatness of America is. If you want to point out our warts, and we have them, that's fine. When you want to make the wart the center of education and you want to push and rewrite others, that's wrong. So these are the areas that you can get involved in. Now, State Board of Education, that's a state position. And now you're going, Darren, I said I can't do a state position. I know. I know. But I want you to know about it because unlike cities, unlike county areas, unlike school boards, your state boards of education, they kind of float under the radar. Okay. If you're in California, if you're not in with the governor, you're not going to get it. In Texas, you don't have to be in with the governor to be elected. You simply have to throw your name in the hat, say, I want to do this. I'm willing to go out and campaign in these districts, which, by the way, in our state, they've got some pretty good uh, uh, real estate behind them. And you get out and you go meet people. And I will tell you, from having been a candidate for Texas Senate, and I had up to however many 10 or 11 counties it was, um, I would have people that I would keep seeing running for state board of education. And they had even more counties. I said, yeah, we've got these and it goes up to here. It goes down here and I'm putting 200,000 miles a year on this car. And you might go, well, why'd you want to do it? Well, my kids are important. Now our state board of education is not perfect. It's got some warts to it, but we're getting some things better at it. So what I wanted you to focus on today is how to do these things. Okay. Now, obviously the great thing about a podcast is not only are we live, but you can go to voiceamerica.com. You can go to my channel, Information Edge, and this is going to be on demand because I want you to take time to listen to what I put out today because your involvement in these levels of politics is critical, critical for America to regain its position, not only as a, being that shining city on a hill, but offering the kind of future that we want people to talk about. You know, we've gotten away from, I'm happy and excited about the future too. Well, I don't know what the future holds or I'm, I'm worried about the future. We have to change that. We have to be in charge of the dialogue. And the only way to be in charge of the dialogue is to be involved in the education of the dialogue. If you want to change the future, get in on the building box. Be the one that is putting the foundation. Be the one that's putting the mortar on that education brick. And if you do, and you get other friends and you get other like minds and you look at the cities and the counties and the states and the school districts, then you're going to help create a better America for us today and a better America for our children and grandchildren tomorrow. It's been a pleasure bringing this podcast to you today. I'm Darren Yancey. This has been the Information Edge podcast live from Texas, and we'll be back next week. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then. 